Welcome to the Post Sunday Podcast, presented by Genesis Church. A place to go further, discover more, and to learn things you possibly never have. It's not just enough to know of God. We want you to know Him. Coming to you from sunny Orlando, Florida, it's time to rethink life the way God intended. This is the Genesis Post Sunday Podcast. Welcome to the Post Sunday Podcast. This is your host, Pastor Johnny Sierra, along with my co-host, Pastor Tim Grandstaff. What is up, brother? I am your co-host officially. Ah, that's official. It took us a few weeks, <laughs> but we are in the groove now. We're going. This is your show. No. I'm just the co-pilot. Stop it, man. You and, you and Chad, man. Got like no, 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 no. I'm here every week. Yeah, there's you the are. Difference. Yeah, there's loyalty there. Yeah. Chad, you, uh, you put it all together. Yeah. And our behind-the-scenes producer alexis yes she's here she is amazing get We're thankful thankful for her put in place she does it all around here man yeah swiss so. army knife that's it so awesome good week it has been been a good right. week yeah been a lot you know but at the same time that's that's the norm so yeah. you know but trucking through this stuff and unwrapping it and Seeing what sticks with people and what what they're taking away from it, and that's it's more than you can ask for. Yeah, man. I um, people ask me, hey, you know, you rest this weekend? I'm like, how <laughs> to clarify rest, right? <laughs> um, you know, it's different for everybody, and uh, you know, that'll kind of lead us into where we're going, obviously. Yeah, absolutely. But uh, before we do, uh, I just I want to say uh, I'm super excited. Uh, the pod is growing. Not only in numbers, but uh, just in social spaces. We are now on YouTube. I'm super, super stoked about that. Uh, we have worked very hard, guys, in just figuring all this out, getting crisp quality, just really trying to get stuff out there that's professional, quality, good grade. So everything we put out here, we're, you know, we're giving our best down. So I'm super thankful for that. You've played a huge part, Pastor, in making sure that a lot of this stuff is working, right equipment, fine-tuning, connections, we the say whole nine. duct tape and popsicle sticks. <laughs> That's how we do this. Because this, this is the stuff they teach you yep. in Theology 101. Yep. When you're in school and you're trying to be a pastor, <laughs> trying to learn the Bible, and you're doing all of those things, and then you're going to go start a brand new church, and you realize... There's not a class you take yeah. that they teach you how to wire, you know, it's, for a live stream, how to uh, set ISO no, on digital no. cameras <laughs> and lighting cues and all that. So literally it's a work in progress so good. to be at this point yep. is literally the hand of God <laughs> <laughs> at this moment. A lot of trial and error, man. Yes. You know, uh, and thank you too to a lot of other people too that have played huge parts. Uh, shout out to Zach Newcomb. Shout out to Omar. Um, just some of these guys that have really Brian. Brian, yes, yeah. Brian All these Winkler people that have come in and and helped us kind of tweak things. Oh and, my gosh, fix a few things. Kobe, Kobe, lighting, been like, great. That's how we get here. Yeah, man. It's, All together, it's an army. You know, a tribe. So we're we're thankful for that. But uh, with all that said. 
Uh, we definitely want to raise the bar, you know, in regards to uh, what we're trying to get out there. Uh, but if you're new with us, man, welcome, welcome to the podcast. We're super thankful that you've joined us and been a part with us or are joining us for the first time. If you've been with us, thank you. Thank you for, for doing that. We really appreciate it. Uh, what is the post-Sunday podcast? You know, obviously, we, we, uh, we're just an extension of Genesis Church Orlando. So we, 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 we were an extension of that. And I say that because right now we're in a never-ending story series. And we really, uh, post-Sunday podcast was birthed out of... Um, just the this package of the never-ending story when we came up with it when you when you were like let's bring it to the church uh for a full year length and um we're you knew off the bat we're not going to be able to get all this content out in 25 30 minutes let's put together a podcast we were already doing some things in that sphere uh but that is where we birth this out of. And so we we, we air weekly guys at 8 15 9 30 and 11 check us out Facebook.com, YouTube.com at Genesis Church Orlando. You can get live, live dedicated word, man. But here in the podcast, we're focused on just diving deeper, more practical application questions, things that you can take with you uh, and further yourself along in your studies. Uh, but too, we're on Instagram. Follow us on Post Sunday Podcast on Instagram. We always got some cool content there. And now we are on YouTube at Post Sunday Podcast. So uh, we just launched our first video last week uh, based off of episode 16, but it's video one. And so we're super thankful for that. And because we're so thankful for that, we want to we wanna put together a YouTube contest. So um, I know you guys are screaming. You're excited. Every. <laughs> This is the details. Listen, guys, YouTube, if, you, if, you, if you're not familiar with it, YouTube, obviously everyone knows, youtube.com backslash post Sunday podcast. I need you to do three things for me. I need you to go there. Uh, first, I need you to share. I need you to like, and I need you to subscribe. Share, like, subscribe. That's it. That's, That's it. That's all they have to do. That's all they got to do, man. Share, like, subscribe. What we're going to do is gonna, we're going to tally up everyone. And on May eighth, the week of May eighth, coming off of our uh, church at the beach, we're gonna we're gonna Mother's announce. Day. Yep, we're, yep. Gonna, we're gonna announce uh, a winner. Uh, should we give out details on the prize or kind of well, keep gotta it? They gotta know what they're that they're playing that's for. That's true. Or you, you don't do it right. Like that's that's the thing. You're getting a brand new car. <laughs> no. Not for me. Uh, not for yeah. <laughs> Whose budget you is that coming your budget. from? <laughs> uh, no, a fifty dollar Amazon gift card, guys. So um, I think that's pretty sweet. You not can bad. get some really good stuff with that. Yeah. So listen, YouTube.com backslash Post Sunday Podcast. Share, like, subscribe. That's all you got to do, and we're gonna pick a winner on uh, the week of May eighth. So what do you think about that, man? Let's go. It's I, I, I want to know. Does the gift card come out of your budget or mine? <laughs> That's what I want to know at this moment. <laughs> That's the question. I don't know, man. I'm still figuring it out where I'm going to sneak that one in. Podcast studio. <laughs> we got some receipts to reconcile. Yes. Yes. Listen, someone paid the price uh, for all of this. And I think it's me. So yeah. your head's going to roll. No. That's how it goes. Oh, man. That's well, tell awesome. us, listen, you talk to Chad, let him know, you know, yeah. hey, all is forgiven. So. Listen, all for all those that are, are uh, watching or listening now, we have to make sure we clarify yes. that because you can do it both ways. Um, this is a part of Genesis Church here yeah. in East Orlando. However, 
what we are learning and what we didn't think about when we first started this was how many people are listening and now going to be able to watch that are not connected to Genesis. You know, mm -hmm. I just had a cousin uh, message me this past week. Guy she's known for a long time, complete atheist, became a Christian, and she's like, he is really wanting to know the Bible. That's awesome. Where can I connect him? What are some things he can listen to? Dude. Well, bing, here we here are. We <laughs> the, the, you know, hey, wow. we have a podcast. Obviously, I gave her other resources because yep. I think there is so much greater ones than us. We're just getting started. At the same time, that's what this has become. Yeah. It's become a resource. Like, you don't have to go to Genesis Church. You don't have to live in East Orlando. You can just open up the Bible, read the story for yourself, then come join us because we're going to take the story and we're going to unpack it and we're going to talk about things we didn't get to talk about. And, and we were talking about that even before we began recording here today was that there are now certain things every week when we're preaching or I'm preaching, whoever's preaching that literally I just, I, I it's a different color in my yeah. notes because if we have time, I'll hit it. If not, it's just telling me, we're taking that to the podcast. So Let's yeah. take that to the podcast. So all those that are coming in, all those that are listening, all of those that have been listening, like Thank a Larry you. Murray. Yes, sir. Give that man shout a out shout out. To, yes. You, you know, who's waiting for the podcast to arrive yeah. and then has great support and, and feedback so and encouragement of it. Um, that's where we take it. Yeah. And it's a chance to even learn some more. That's fantastic. So if you're listening in the car, if you are, don't watch us in the car. <laughs> but if you're listening, thank you, man. We appreciate that. We're on episode 17. Woo! Week 17, man. It's crazy how far we've come. But we're in the book of Exodus, chapter 15 through 17. Um, you landed in here. Um, and really, uh, we're, we're coming out of leave, uh, basically the Israelites leaving Egypt yeah. and now, um, there's some things taking place out in the wilderness. And so you started off the, um, the message by saying leaving Egypt symbolized becoming a new believer, God, God, new believer, God's firstborn symbolized being born again, kind of equating those two yeah. things and then finding new life symbolized, uh, learning the fundamentals of living. So talk to us a little bit about that as you opened up on Sunday. That That's where we just say, you know, this this book has a power no other book has. Mm. You know, um, can you pick up a, a book of incantations? Yeah, because you're you're diving into a dark power. Still doesn't have the power of God's word that, that can radically change your life. And so when you open up the stories of God, there's the inevitable response that people give all the time to opening up God's word. And that response is, oh, it's so old. It's so outdated. It's such an ancient traditional book that it's not where we are today. And then you open it up and you realize that while the story is going on and you're learning so much about it, what you begin to really understand is that story has power that is speaking into your life because it is it is happening then in real time, in real places, with real people. But it's also supernaturally exposing your life in this moment. And so the symbolism is there. And really the, the journey from the Red Sea to Sinai mm. is this journey of spiritual growth. Do they receive all of it? No, but it is showing you how God is trying to test them and how God is trying to grow them. And so while we may not be the firstborn in Egypt— Every person who puts their faith in 
trust in Christ, that is born again into the family of God. What does the scriptures tells us? The angels are rejoicing because you are now a firstborn child of God. You've come into the family of God. So all this imagery and this symbolism is there. We just have to pay attention to it so that we can learn from it. Yeah, that's great. And you literally become a part of this heritage. This is a part of now. Now you're ingrained, right? the Bible says, grafted into yes. into this. And so um, it's it's very important that you really uh, begin to understand it and see it through those lens. Uh, one book we've really uh, been able to dive into and uh, we're still currently doing is uh, Walking at the Feet of, uh, of Jesus, Rabbi Jesus. Yes. Which has uh, really opened uh, my eyes to see things through the Jewish culture. I started reading uh, Walking in the Dust of Rabbi Jesus, which is yeah. amazing. It's just continuation, goes more further. Um, but it's really good, man, just to really um, open up our eyes to what it was um, and the culture of um, the Jewish culture and how Jesus really uh, took that upon himself. Uh, yeah. And it was a part of that. But uh, anyways, we, we go into Exodus 15, 22 through 23. It says, They went three days in the wilderness and found no water. When they came to Morah, or Mara, they could not drink the water of Mara because it was bitter. And Exodus fifteen twenty four through twenty six, which we'll we'll dive a little bit more, but this is a piece of it. And the people grumbled against Moses, saying, "What shall we drink?" Um, right away, what came to mind for me was uh, that the power of bitterness can blind you from your current reality. And so, like. Talk to us. You 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 really honed in on their complaint, yeah, their frustration after everything that God has done with them. So it, I have people come up to me all the time. Hey, I read this passage of scripture. Mm. Can you tell me what it means? And more often than not, what I realize is they've opened up a passage and they focus just on the passage, which we know and which you're taught. You know, and, and you begin to understand the more you study God's word. You have to you have to kind of like read way before it yeah, and read way after it so that you can get the context of it because that's, that's a better way to understand scripture. You can't just pluck four verses out sure. and go show me exactly what these four mean. And so when you're doing that in this story, it's all the more important because context before we get here is that they've literally just came through the red sea. God is literally just part of the ocean and they are standing on the other side Pharaoh has completely been demolished, all of his army, and now Moses writes this song that they are all singing. So they're having a worship service on the beach, and they're declaring how great their God is. And then just a few moments later, days later, they are complaining. Hmm. Where's our water to drink? Like you just said, how quickly we can change or be blinded with our own perspective of things. God just did one of the greatest miracles in the scriptures. There's so many people that are just like, where's my Red Sea moment? Mm. And then it shows you they walk through the sea and they turn around and start complaining to God just a few days later. So now we're talking about the spiritual development, the spiritual growth. They're being shaped because it just shows how easily we can shift, how how frail our faith really is sometimes Mm. that we can in one moment, experience the hand of God, encounter God in such a supernatural way. And the very next moment, we're turning around and we're complaining, we're pointing a finger at God, and 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 we're just, we're living in frustration in our faith. 
and we're seeing it played out in these people. So we're back to, I can see what they're doing and learn from it, or I can follow in their footsteps. It's crazy. Yeah. Bitterness was, you know, when I, when I really look at this, like, you know, because it's easy to just point the finger and say, dude, you just saw all this stuff just change. Right. But bitterness was such, it was, it was, it was, was not just a piece of the Israelites. It was kind of, it really was who they were. You're talking 400 years of slavery, you know, and, and, and holding on to a promise, uh, a hope. And then day by day, you're not seeing it, yeah. you know? And so like there, there's something that was just building throughout those years. It almost now became a part of their identity to complain, to grumble, to have hardship, and, and it was like, it, it really allowed me to understand that God had a lot of work to do in these people. Like, it's just now not, uh, yeah, there's, a, you know, physical signs of, of ungratefulness, but it's rooted based on something more internal that you and your um, generation before have dealt with. Uh, and, and God had a lot of pruning to do and a lot of things to do in that desert place, man. So what what we keep finding out in the story. So read more of it. Yeah. Read further than we can go into it is just that I heard it said one time and I thought just so beautifully worded. And yet it's such the reality that um, God took them out of Egypt literally, but then he spent the next 40 years trying to get Egypt out of them. That's crazy. Right. Because it's in them. And for us, that is the spiritual shaping in our life. Mm-hmm. God is going, listen, I rescued you from your sin, from your past, but in your spiritual development, your spiritual growth, your spiritual maturity, I'm trying to get your past out of you mm-hmm. because there are so many people that their story will say, 10 years ago, I used to do this or be this, but it's still coming with them. It's still being carried with them. And God is trying to, to remove that from them. And he's, the same thing is happening in their lives. I can take you physically out of Egypt, but I've got to spiritually work Egypt out of you. And therefore that is the spiritual growth and development. That is the whole call of keep coming back to this. Don't give up. You cannot have it all happen in a moment. Paul says, I was saved. I am saved. I'm continuing to be saved because it is a constant working out. It doesn't mean that he didn't find Christ and his life was changed forever in that first moment, but he was learning and growing and be developed into what full salvation was. Yeah, so good, man. And so Exodus 15, 24 through 26, there the Lord made for them a statue and a rule. And there he tested them saying, if you will diligently listen to the voice of the Lord, your God, and do what, which is right in his eyes and give ear to his commandments and keep all his statues, I will put none of the diseases on you that I put on the Egyptians for I am the Lord, your healer. Um, there's a couple things that you talked about through that. Um, but right away, um, you said, I, I, I remembered what you put, but right away I, I, I wrote down, listen, do give, keep. Yeah. And you literally had the same thing. Diligently listen to God's voice, do what is right in his eyes, listen to his commandments, keep his commandments. Yeah. So someone was like, oh, that was so good. Those, those steps you, you, you gave with that. And I was like, I didn't do anything. <laughs> <laughs> I just wrote down the scripture. Yeah. I just broke it up into yeah. four points yeah. just so that you would see it differently. 
I didn't even change what it said. The scripture actually says, diligently listen to God's voice. It wasn't like I sat around and was like, let me think of something that would really make you understand <laughs> what God wants from you. I'm just giving you yeah. the scriptures in a Very different good. way to see it. Yeah. And, you know, and so in talking with that, though, is that reality, as we were saying, that um, the big key in all of this is the if. It's going to mm. show up again this coming week at Mount Sinai. This word if is the reminder that it's a choice. You don't have to. You don't have to choose this. We pray you do. We hope you do. We want you to. All of that, all of that emphasis is there, but you don't have to. There's always the if. And, and so the if reminds us that there's not an unconditional part of this the way that we think of it. Now, in the true essence of unconditional, God's love is unconditional. His love, his grace, his mercy, his forgiveness for everyone, no matter where you've come from, no matter where you've been, no matter what you've done, no matter what upbringing, no matter what church background, no church background, against God background, color of skin, it's for everybody. Yeah. Okay? It's for everybody. At the same time, at the very same time, there is a condition in it. That's that word if. If you take this step, this is what you are going to receive from me. If you come be born again, Jesus tells Nicodemus, then you're going to receive everlasting life. So we like to think unconditional love from God means I can do whatever I want. This is that freedom and liberation that we think like, oh, that's what he wanted for, the, for Israel out of Egypt, to liberate them. Just let them be free to do whatever they want to do. But it wasn't freedom and liberation to do whatever you want to do. It was freedom and liberation to come worship me and to, to serve me. The same thing is here. God's love ultimately is unconditional, but not the way that we want it. God, let me do whatever I want to do, however I want to do it. And whenever I come back to you, you will just shower me with your unconditional love. That's a game you don't need to be playing with God. Yeah, that's the truth. That's the truth, man. And so... Uh, we, I, I kind of saw this as you kept going through, uh, through scripture, kind of like rounds of grumbling. Yeah. We just like literally now first round finished second round. Here we go. Exodus 16, one through three. And the whole congregation of the people of Israel grumbled against Moses and Aaron in the wilderness. Here we go. Second round. Right. And so I thought to myself, I was like definition of uh, grumbling, right? And so like the two Hebrew words translated grumble are lun and ragan. And so lun uh, connotes a growling and ragan is a whispering rebellion. Oh, and the Greek, like Greek word translated grumble is, uh, and I'm sorry if I'm, I'm butchering these, but goguzo. And these three words capture the state of our hearts when we grumble, grumbling is growling against God, man. So like whispered rebellion <laughs> and growling against God. Yeah. I know some of you guys are probably literally like, <laughs> they started gro growling, you know, like, but, but no, you know it's a, but here's yeah. the thing. Someone is sitting there going, I would never growl against God. Exactly. Yeah. Until no one's around and you're in your car going, God, where are you? Yep. Right? So this yep. is your growling. Let's mm. be honest. That's good. But whispered rebellion yep. 
oh, I didn't, I didn't raise my voice. I didn't, I didn't say it in that tone. Mm. I didn't like think of all the ways we try to justify whispered rebellion. Like I said it, I said it in a nice way, you know, even though we know the intentions of the heart, right? Like that's a problem we all got. Mm. Yeah. That's, so that is what's happening, right? Yeah. It's rounds. Yeah. I, I think yesterday we, we really tried to pay attention to the fact that it says like on the 15th day of the second month. Mm. So you're a week and a half, you're a month and a half out of Egypt. That's good to know. All that they've done. So there's that context, yeah. right? Real people, real place, yeah. real time. Six weeks after some of the greatest miracles ever experienced in the Bible, Crazy. the plagues and all that stuff, and you're grumbling against God. Once again, how frail is your faith? So for all those people that are like, I, we said, I just need my miracle. I just need my miracle. And we talked about the fact that miracles don't equate to great faith. Wow. They just don't. Look at the people that run to all these miracle gatherings and all of this stuff. Yeah. I'm just going to tell you from experience, I've, I have people that have come in and out of our church that go to these miracle gatherings in Orlando and their lives are in shambles. Their marriages are in shambles. Now, I'm not saying this happens for everyone, so to paint one and, yeah. and, and all, but more times than not, in Scripture, the people around Jesus that saw him heal the blind, the deaf, the lame, all the miracles, it says the crowds walked away from Jesus. They didn't want to come follow him, but they saw the miracles. The miracles don't equate. It's the thankfulness and gratitude of what God does with them wow. that equates to great faith. So we constantly are seeing a group of people that have experienced the greatest miracles and they are continually whispering rebellion and growling. I'm not, that's awesome. Cause I'm not going to forget that part. That's a great way to, to verbalize it. Yeah. And so, uh, and, and God, you know, in his mercy in his mercy, he, he rained bread from heaven. Uh, Moses told him, I will, he will rain bread in heaven for you and the people shall go out and gather a day's portion every day that I may test them. Right here, here's God. Like not only I'll give you what you want, but I, I really want to see your heart on with this. I want to see how you respond, whether they will walk in my law or not. Simple as that. And in the evening, you shall know that it was the Lord who brought you out of the land of Egypt, because the Lord has, and, and in verse eight, the Lord has heard. You're growling, you're grumbling. Now I got that word in my head. Uh, grumbling that you grumble against him. And he goes, uh, and, and it, it, it kind of goes into this next phrase, but what are we, right? And, and basically like that's God's telling them, that's what you're saying. Yeah. And so the desert test now is, will you walk in the law? Now there's, there's instructions behind that. Do you know that I'm the Lord? Will yeah. you walk in the law? It's so, cool to point out that, the text tells us they grumbled to Moses and Aaron, mm. but God says you grumbled against me. Wow. So once again, it's that perception of we think when we go sit with someone and we're grumbling and complaining and, and we're, we're, we're sharing all of our frustrations yeah. that we're really talking about God. We're, we're grumbling because he hasn't given us or provided or opened the door or allowed that opportunity, all these types of things. And so while they're probably doing the same thing we do, oh, no, I was talking to Moses and Aaron, not you, God. God says, oh, no, you were talking to me. Yeah. So it's, it's just that reality that we can say our words are being spoken here, but God is saying, I know where your heart is going. And we have to keep that reality 
in front of us because how great would it be to read this with what you just said? Like, because the Lord has heard your whispered rebellion. If we were to be really honest and be like, that's me. I, I whisper rebellion against God when I complain and I grumble and see it. It's the same thing as we said with the word law. If you just said instructions, you would read them totally different. People, I don't want to read God's word. It's full of laws. Well, we're not talking about laws like you think that, you know, yes, he is the judge, the righteous judge. He can put whatever law he wants in place. But we're talking about the instructions of God, his ways. And really, next week when we get to Sinai, that's that new perspective. You want a new perspective on the scriptures. Discover what happens at Sinai and why we get there. You know, we don't get to talk about the story in between. We're going to talk about some pieces today of some other stuff. But the story of Moses with his father-in-law, Jethro, Mm. really sets the stage for Mount Sinai. You know, because the people are coming to Moses with all their problems. And and Jethro's saying, look, well, I don't want to get ahead of myself. That'll be for this Sunday. <laughs> Anyways, what, what, what is yeah. happening in that is setting the stage for why God says, okay, let me give you guidelines to live life by. Yeah. Yeah. And so when we see laws, we're like, God is so constringent on me and I can't do all the liberated fun things I want to do. And God is saying, I'm giving you the best way to live. Pay attention to my instructions and my guidelines. Yeah, that's good, man. Yeah, and we talked about that a few weeks ago. You know, like you said, we, we you know, people really think that guidelines are, you know, uh, restriction and prohibiting you from, you know, having the, the life that you're envisioning or whatnot, but it's actually protection. And so God's here saying, hey, listen, I'm going to give you what you want, but I need you to follow certain certain rules. And so he says, receiving their provision, gather a day's portion, enough for each of your family. Do not leave it till morning. And on the sixth day, gather double. So he's telling, he's giving them specific instructions to to follow. Um, And now the question is, will they? The heart of humanity. Yep. Really the struggle of humanity. Yep. So many people come to the faith. They come to Christ. They come to the church. I just want to know what God wants from me. I just want to know what the what what God's word has for me. And then you open it up and you show them, and they still don't want to do it. And so that's happening here. God, we're going to grumble and complain. We have no food in the desert. Real problem. Yep. Absolutely. Concern, yes, because we don't eat, we don't drink. We're not going to survive. What are we doing? Understandable. But you've already lost trust that the God has been providing this whole way can still provide. Secondly, he says, listen, I'm going to give you precise instructions with my provision. You won't have to guess. You won't have to wonder. You you won't have to be confused. Like, what do I do with this? How do I get it? You know, all that stuff. I'm going to tell you exactly how to do it. Make it easy for you. And they still mess it up because we do the same thing. We, God gives us in his word exactly what we need, and we still mess it up. And so he says things like, go get enough for one day for you and all your family members. Don't gather more than that. Don't hoard more than that. We find out they don't do that. And so it melts, and it, 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 uh, it, it goes bad. It stinks. You know, it, it spoils. 
because he gave them direct instructions. He says, go get double on the sixth day. That's the only day to gather more because it's not coming on the seventh day. That's a day of rest. And they go out on the seventh day to find it when he told them it's not going to be there. And they're wondering where it's at because you didn't do what I said on the sixth day. So it's just, it's, it's amazing. It's fun to look at them and go, they're idiots. They're morons. (laughs) What are they doing? Yeah. But when do we look in the mirror and go, we do that. I look, I look into God's word and I turn and I go do something totally different. Yeah. Right. And, and so there's people all the time. We sit in church all the time and we hear God's word and instruction and we walk right back out to our sin and the lifestyle that we want to live and choose. And then we wonder why the healer, the great I am, Elohim, the creator of the universe isn't providing or isn't with us. And it's because we are literally, we're not just whispering rebellion. We do that often. We are walking in rebellion. Yeah. And listen, it doesn't have to be even with an individual. It can be uh, to you yourself, your thoughts, your mindset. You know when you are upset with God. You know when you are grumbling against God in your own time as an individual. You don't have to necessarily be doing it in front of somebody else. This could be something that you're battling internally with. Like you are physically frustrated at everything and and but like you said it was a it was a testing it was it was will you trust me each day right will you stop worrying about tomorrow will you will you will you focus on the provision of uh i will basically provide what you need god's telling them that and then come back tomorrow and trust me again like there's a process to it man and he puts it in stages of every day yeah every day come back and trust me yeah. And that is the spiritual growth and the spiritual development that God is trying to do in our life of every day. I want you to come be with me and I want to be with you. Think about that, you know, from people in Egypt who the Egyptian gods and goddesses, as we've said and and studied, they believe were just far off and you didn't know unless something tragic happened, if they were angry at you, or maybe you're being blessed by rain or something like that. And this God is saying, come back to me every day Mm -hmm. so that I can be with you and you can learn to trust me more. This is something no other God offered to anybody. This is the difference in the God of the Bible. This is why we choose to follow him because he wants to be with us. Therefore, we ought to want to be with him. And we have to learn that that spiritual development means come to him every day. And there are a bunch of people in faith and in, in Christianity that they're like, well, you guilt me, you shame me. You're making this workspace. You're, you're trying to say I'm earning my faith or my Christianity. No, it's all in the scriptures that God wants us to come to him faithfully, just as much as when we're facing these moments of uncertainty, we want to be able to come to him. That's right. Good. And so you can't have it both ways. You can't say, God, be readily available for me whenever I need you most days of the week. But don't expect me to be available for you during my week. So, you know, we we did the study results at the beginning of our sermon of just that study that had been done. Yeah. The people who come back to God's word four times in a week were seeing radical changes in their life. And they were they were they were so so much more likely to 
to stay away from things that were harmful in their life or that were sinful against mm-hmm. God just by coming to his word because his word reveals who he is. His word reveals that truth and it exposes the way we should be living. It is a, a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path in, in the darkness. And so we have to keep coming back to it. We live in a culture where people don't even come back to church regularly yeah. throughout the month let alone before God during the week. And then they wonder why they are not, they are not receiving or experiencing the benefits of a relationship with God. And that is not some, you know, prosperity type of approach. Oh, if you give to God, then you receive this. It's truly a relationship, right? Yeah. The more that you come into this relationship with God, the more you are going to receive of the love and the care and the direction of God. Go do it on your own and try to show up and just have a a casual conversation with God and see where that gets you, right? Why not be in this relationship that God wants to be in with you all in so that you can experience all he has to offer for you? Yeah, that's so good, man. And so now here we go, man, round three. (laughs) Round three, literally. And mind you, God's still showing himself Cloud of pillar, uh, uh, um, cloud, uh, pil- cloud of pillar at, in the, during the day, and cloud of fire at night. Pillar of fire at night. So, mind you, all this is still taking place, man. And so, you know, there there is still evidence of God being present among them. Yet they're still choosing to grumble, complain, and have frustration. So, the Exodus chapter seventeen, one through three, and we'll break up a few things here, but. All the congregation of the people of Israel moved on from the wilderness of sin by stages according to the commandments of the Lord and camped at Rephidim. Rephidim. But there was no water for the people to drink. Therefore, the people quarreled with Moses and said, Give us water to drink. And Moses said to them, Why do you quarrel with me? Why do you test the Lord? You said something very powerful. and I love that God tests us. We don't test him. That was awesome. Yeah, that's a big misunderstanding mm. of faith. So we, we, we're not going to hit Gideon today, but people are like, well, Gideon laid out a fleece before the Lord, <laughs> right? Or, yeah. you know, um, the Old Testament prophets say, you know, test the God, store up, you know, give to the, to the silos and, and see what he gives to you. Yeah. The context in which they're speaking is not test God. And that is the beginning of this piece of of scripture is God says, if you do this, I will be your healer. We flip that. God, if you do this, then I'll be a child of God, right? Like like that's how it really plays out. I'll serve you, God, if you do this for me. (laughs) And so it's it's like we play this, this game with God where we're bargaining with him, and that's not allowed. He's the creator. It's his story. He writes it. He speaks it. He's the one in control of it. We surrender to it. And so therefore, God tests us. We don't get to test him. And he's putting Israel through a test. Notice that it says, though, that they went from grumbling to quarreling Mm. with Moses. So now this whispered rebellion, this murmuring, this grumbling has now grown to arguing. It's elevating. Because why? It's toxic. Yeah. We can say all we want. Oh, I was just, it was just a moment I was having where I was just grumbling and complaining. 
But then we find a new ear to listen to it and we tell the whole story over again. And then we find a new group of people, our new friend on the phone, and we tell the whole story over again like we've never told it before. And there comes a point where it's like, okay, you had your moment. Stop it there. But we keep going. And eventually it just kind of oozes into us and becomes so toxic. Now we're not just speaking it or whispering it. Now we're yelling it. And eventually we're going to act upon it. And so there is this progression of of understanding this. And this is why we're saying it's all spiritual maturity right here yeah. That, yeah. that's happening. Yeah. And, 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 and then again, again, they, the people were thirsty and they grumbled against Moses. And like you said, now it's now, and now we're being vocal about it. And the negativity spreads, man, like a, like a virus quickly. And we're talking millions of people here. We're not talking a little small group of Israelites that are just, you know, uh, 15 plus, we're talking millions of people here that Moses is accountable for. And so you said grumbling and murmuring, they lead to a troubled destination. They just, they do not take you to a place of thankfulness and gratitude. And and I, I thought that was, that was powerful, man. When you said that. There's no one that hasn't lived that out. Yeah. You grumble and complain enough, yep. it's going gonna, it's gonna to take you to some place. You grumble and complain against your job or your boss, it gets back to them. Eventually, you lose your job, right? Like all the yeah. all these types of things that, that show up, you grumble and complain about your spouse to someone else. It's going to cause marriage problems when your spouse, spouse finds out, right? So like it's going to end up at a troubled spot because that's what the enemy wants to do. His whole job on earth is to kill, steal, and destroy. Yep. He has no other agenda but that since the beginning to kill, steal, and destroy you. So I'll let you think that your grumbling and murmuring is okay and, and that you're just whispering it to this person or that person. But really what I'm doing is letting this build so that when it comes out and all of a sudden so-and-so finds out that you told four, five, six people, now it's this big thing that started out small because I wanted to have as much destruction as possible. I want you to end up in that troubled destination. You didn't think it was going to take you in, and I just I just, I just, just hooked you, and I just slowly reeled you into that. that that's what's happened yeah. in all of this. Yeah. That's, that's crazy. And uh, Exodus 17, 7. It said, and he called the he called the name of the place Mesa and Meribah because of the quarreling of the people of Israel, and because they tested the Lord by saying, "Is the Lord among us or not?" He literally had to call a place. Is the Lord among us or not? This is up to this moment one of the most mind-boggling scripture pieces I found. You know, you could you can argue all throughout the, the stories early on, but how can a how can a people group get to a place where they're asking the question, "Is the Lord among us?" <laughs> After how, <laughs> like, like this is where you look into it and you really want to just look down at Crazy. them and go, "What are we doing, people? Yeah. God has been with you. He heard your cries." That's this insane. is Exodus chapter one. Yeah. He brings you Moses. He, he gives you signs. He does these plagues. He, he shows up in a cloud and fire, and he parts the Red Sea, and he takes a log, and he turns the water sweet. He brings you quail from heaven. He gives you bread in the morning. He gives you water out of a rock for 40 years. Spoiled you. He takes care of you in the desert. Yeah. And you have this, the ignorance to say, is the Lord among us? 
Yeah, we see it all the time. We, we see people, God works in their life. They get to this, this wall or this moment and they go, I don't know where God is. I don't know if God is with me. I don't know if God's listening to me. I don't know if God's provide. I'm just, uh, my faith is like, these people should never be saying this. No, not at all. Not at all. And I think, I think they're really living through a temporary lens. Like right now, right at this moment, I have a need. I'm thirsty. And because of that need, God's not with me. You know, like in this journey of life, we're, we're going to have needs. We're going to have, we're going to go through suffering. Jesus said it. But it is continuing to walk in faith and saying, God, if you've done it before, you'll do it again. And, and we see time and time again with these Israelites, man, they're just, they're just really living through this, like, this, this lens of right now, like right now. We're filtering everything right now, what I'm feeling, what I don't have, what I need, or what I'm frustrated with right now. Um, and because this is currently happen to me, happening to me right now, it, it, it means that God's just gone, that God's no longer here. And just totally dismisses everything that God has done up to that point. And so, I mean, I'm reminded even of, of just us in our life. Like, we are quick to dismiss all the things God has done in our life for something temporary at the moment that you're facing. Here, here's God has done all this to show himself yeah. in the most miraculous, supernatural way. And then the story also, you know, we hit on this yesterday just enough this is a great place, yeah. I think, to unpack this for a moment. He gives them a gift that they never got to experience in Egypt. Mm. He tells them, gather double on the sixth day, because on the seventh day, you're going to be given a Sabbath, a day's rest. Yeah. Now, context. You've been a slave to Pharaoh and his army. Do you think they ever gave them rest? No. As a matter of fact, it tells us that as Pharaoh's heart grew harder, he put them to more ruthless work. He even took away different supplies that they were used to using to build the bricks to make it more difficult. So these are people that have no idea what it means to just be. It's always been about doing and creating for someone else. God shows up, and this isn't, this isn't the first time this, this Sabbath goes all the way back to creation. This is how we say rethinking life the way God intended. This was always the intention of God's created world was to have a day of rest. Yeah. And we get to the Sabbath moment and God is telling them, you won't even have to go out and get food on this day. That's great. I'm going to give you a double portion the day before so that you can totally rest in me because I care about you as a human being, not as a human doing. Yeah. You don't have mm -hmm. to keep doing. And so the, some of the greatest things that I've ever heard about the Sabbath, this is why we, we, we practice the Sabbath, we, we, we try to hold each other accountable to a Sabbath, all those types of things here, is because what you believe you need seven days to do, God says, trust me to do it in six. Mm -hmm. Think about that concept alone. God says, I will provide and take care of you. If you let me be in control and I only need six days to do it, you think you need seven days to do it. And so this is the concept of Sabbath. You know, the scriptures tells us that the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. So it's a gift. It was created for us 
to enjoy, yet we live in a culture that fully rejects it. And we don't just reject it because we don't like the idea of rest. We reject it because we don't truly trust God. We think we have to keep working. We think we have to answer that next email. We think we have to answer that last text. I I was talking with a a good friend who's a big time uh, real estate agent in our city. And he does really good at what he does. And he's top of the top. And he's even doing these master classes where he's teaching other real estate companies and, and all that kind of stuff. And I said, tell me this, because this is the question I'm getting from other people working in your field of work, that they never get to turn their phone off because someone always needs to know approval, a listing, you know, I need to make an offer. And because the housing market is just so, so hot, you know, especially here in Orlando, if you don't get that offer in on that house, you may miss the whole contract. Mm. So how do you stop it? And he said, I had to implement administrators. And there's a point where I don't answer my phone anymore. At this point at night, there's nothing more I can do till the next morning. So I don't use, I used to, you know, respond to an email or a text at 1130 at night. No bank is open. There's nothing I can do for approval or for anything like that. I can't really get the contract written up and out till in the morning anyways. And so it's just, do you have the right systems and structures in place? But most importantly, do you have the right trust and faith in place? Yeah. That's, that's the big part of it, right? That's good. Do I trust God more than I trust my own hands? Yeah. Uh, we, we have taken a, a pretty deep dive into uh, just understanding Sabbath. Um, I don't think I've really understood it, dove deep the way I have until I've come to Genesis, um, literally year one uh, of my time here with you guys. Uh, we began a study uh, in the Roofless Elimination of Hurry. Uh, yeah, John, John Mark, Mark Homer. Homer. Yep. Fantastic book. It's become a yearly read for me. And, uh, and so I, uh, I took, I, I love this quote that he said, we live under his roof, right? Uh, drink his water, eat his food, breathe his oxygen, so on the Sabbath, we don't just take a day off from work. We take a day off from toil. We give him all our fear and anxiety and stress and worry. We let go. Yeah. And so, so you know, I've always battled. You know, I've talked to some of the, uh, the pastors about how Sabbath looks for them. And, you know, it's, diff- it's, 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 it's a different place. But I think it's, it all comes down to really uh, just allowing yourself to let go. Um, and really just just letting letting go and leaving yourself in the presence of God. Um, I think I, for some people it's understanding the principle of it. Yeah. You know, because you could go you could go far into it and be like, well, a biblical Sabbath starts, you know, Friday evening at sundown, boom, yeah. boom, boom, you know, for the for the nation of Israel, for Jewish people. And and so when we're not Jewish, you know, then was well, this is this a law that we need to be, you know, mm. following? You know, it's one of the Ten Commandments. We'll keep nine of them, but we yeah. don't know if we want to keep this one. You yeah. know, like we play this whole game. Like, no, wait, let's go back to the garden. Yeah. It was part of God's intention all along. Before we get to the Hebrew Jewish people, this was a gift from God to the world. Yeah. How am I experiencing that gift? Right? That needs to be the first question. How am I experiencing a Sabbath rest? That is a gift from God for me, for my family, for my home, for my spouse, for my kids. When does everything stop? 
When does the phone stop? When does the email stop? When, when does social media stop? When does all the noises we talked about mm-hmm. last week, yeah. when do they go silent? And the only thing that you hear is the voices of our home together, worshiping, talking together over a meal, spending time together, no more work, no more laundry, no more dishes. Yeah. For the next 24 hours, we're just going to be. And in our culture, present we don't know how to moment. be, you right? Be fully present, yeah. right? And fully present means not just sitting in the presence of people with your cell phone on. Exactly. You're not fully present. In that moment, your presence is there, but your mind is somewhere yeah. else. Fully present means you get my undivided attention and time. Yeah, it's yeah. all for yeah, you. Right and now. It is, I'm not saying uh, we got this down 100% packed. You know, it's definitely a discipline. But I, I love this, man. As a piece of the, of the book, it said, the wilderness isn't the place of weakness. It's the place of strength. Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness because it was there and only there that Jesus was at the height of his spiritual powers. It was only after a month and a half of prayer and fasting in the quiet place that he had the capacity to take on the devil himself and walk away unscathed. That's powerful, bro. It's it's so good. Yeah. And anybody listening needs to pick it up, right? Yeah. You know, because as we were talking through this and I was going back to when we studied it, just the things that even I wrote down, you know, that whole idea of being fully present. I love he he asks the question, do I do I have a pattern of half talking and half texting? <laughs> like, how does that speak to you? Right. It's yeah. like can't go out to lunch one on one with someone without half texting a conversation over here yeah. to somebody else that's not even present with me in the moment that's crazy. because I have such a challenge of being present. So Sabbath is not just being present with your spouse and kids. Yeah. It's being present with God. That's the ultimate goal and principle. So when do I stop and have time with God with no work to interfere? So that's why I tell people to begin practicing. I say have a floating Sabbath, right? Like, because it's the principle first. So it's like, hey, I try to make it every Friday. Friday is our day off here at the church. And so that's the day I I can choose not to answer email, not to answer any text message, not to answer my phone. It's a day with my wife. It's a day with my kids. It's a day with God. No work needs to be done on that day. However, there are Fridays that because of a birthday, a calendar, a school place, something shows up. So what do I do? I float it and I move it to a different day so that I'm still practicing it and I'm still trying to to bring that principle into my life because it's a gift. Remember, it's a gift. It's not a rule and a law. It's a gift from God to experience his goodness. How do I, how do I move that and keep that integrated into my life when sometimes it does need to change from the day I set it on? Yeah, that's so good, man. So really dialing this back into uh, wrapping things up with, with where we are, uh, which is you're going to, you got some really good stuff for next week. You were kind of anticipating everybody. You you did the whole preacher thing. You got to come back next week. Yes, but that, that was not that was not the typical. Like 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 most weeks probably. Yeah, it's like that thing. Yeah, yeah. This yeah. is like you. And now must. now the pressure's on, right? Like, oh, dude, you yeah, you better bring it, man. But I'm going. And if you can just see Sinai differently, yeah. And what is about to happen with mm. the nation of Israel, and Moses. And what God is doing to implement his story. If you can see it the way that I saw it, yeah. if I can hopefully teach it with that that passion and, and authenticity, then I think that 
that is what changed my desire to know the word of God mm. in a different way. I was like, man, I didn't, I didn't know this. Wow. I didn't know the scriptures were like this. I didn't know God was trying to show me this. I only thought it was like this, yeah. you know? And so that's what I hope, you know? And so even with the end of this piece, like I said, there's, there's the story of Moses and his father-in-law, but we, we, end, we didn't get to end here yesterday. And that is the end of this journey right now before Sinai. Israel actually ends up in a battle. Mm. There's a little bit of this, this understanding. You keep grumbling, you keep complaining. You're going to end up in a battle, mm. right? Like it, there's your trouble destination, right? They end up in their first war outside of Egypt, mm. right? And yet when they do, there's still this moment where you're seeing all these little things in the story. It's the battle of Amalek, right? So the, um, Amalek is the descendant of Esau. So like, think of that, right? So he's the descendant of Esau. We know this battle of Jacob and Esau. We know the friction that was there. Now it's being played out generations later. That's crazy. You know, type of a deal. It's the first one to come and attack the Israelites. And the scriptures tells us Joshua shows up in the story right here. It's the first time we learn about Joshua. So that that's a key piece for moving forward. Um, he's really a disciple of Moses. He's the one that's going to lead them into the promised land. But Moses goes up on the mountaintop and he stretches out his hands and his staff over. And he's 80 years old. Context once again, the battle's going on and they put a rock under him for him to sit on because he can't stand that long. (laughs) And then his arms start to drop. And so you have Aaron and you have, uh, I believe it's, it's, uh, her who come and they they pick up his arms because if he drops his arms the Amalekites start to win the battle that's correct but when his arms are raised and his staff is out Joshua and Israel takes over and I heard this guy saying I thought this is awesome he, he said the, the funny part and what's happening is Joshua has to fight the battle with such uh, with such a fierce passion as if we have to win this battle. Mm. And Moses is up top praying with such a fierce passion that if I don't pray, we're not going to win this battle. So they're both doing their part. Wow. And then Aaron and her come along and they do their part. They prop up the hands of Moses. And this is, this is really uh, uh, an echo back to God tells Moses, take your hand, your staff and stretch it out over the sea when they're getting ready to face a battle of Pharaoh and his men. And he parts the sea. And once again, God is telling Moses, do this again. Once we're back to obey me, just do what I say. Right. Is there anything powerful in the staff? No, it's what God told him to do. And, and I will give you victory in this moment. And so it's this reality that I, I, I wish we had time yesterday and I didn't get to get there in the moment, but, the crossing of the Red Sea, you would say, symbolized an implementation of grace. Mm. This is the grace of God. Israel's done nothing to this point. They haven't even come to Sinai and gotten the laws. Mm. And God has still rescued and saved them and brought them through mm. and, and given them salvation. This. Yeah. this is the beauty of the salvation yeah. of Jesus. Yeah. It is full of grace, no matter what, with no merit on your behalf. It is all him and it is given to you. And it was given to them as they came through the Red Sea. They get to this moment in the journey to Mount Sinai, and now it's not just the implementation of God's grace. It is now, the God, it is now God's invitation of partnership. Mm. 
I'm going to give you grace, but I want to partner with you. And as I was talking with one of the guys after church yesterday, <laughs> Larry Murray, and uh, he came over and he said, you know, I got the farm animals and all that stuff out of my land. He goes, I was thinking like the people to come out and get the bread in the morning, they had to go out, collect it, mold it, work it to eat it. Yeah. And the, the quail didn't fall out of heaven, just, you know, roasted. <laughs> they had to go grab it, kill it, pluck it, then cook it. Yeah. They had to do, they had to do their part. Yes. They had to work with it. It's this partnership of God. That's the beauty of God. I want to work with you. I want to mm. be in relationship with you, but I want to work with you. So I give you gifts and talents and abilities because I want to do something with you. I want you to be doctors and lawyers and real estate agents and all that. But don't forget in the partnership, I want you to fully trust me. Yeah. So I want you to do it six days a week. On the seventh day, trust me. That's good. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to extend my grace and I'm going to invite you into a partnership. And this is what God is doing with the nation of Israel. And this is what God does with us. So he wants to partner with you in his story. That's fantastic. Yes. And even as you outlined ev everyone having a key piece or a role um, in that battle, yeah. you have Moses as the intercessor. You have uh, Joshua as kind of uh, in the battle, the, the gladiator, the, the gladiator. Yeah. You have uh, Aaron, Aaron and her um, in the trenches, stepping in the gap, doing their part. Like everyone had a role in the, in the succession of Israelites' battle. Um, their first one, which was incredible to find out that yeah. it was uh, to descendants of Esau. Yeah. That's yeah. crazy. Weeks back, we are talking about them there. So It's a never-ending story. Never-ending story. Threads and connections all through it. That's fantastic. And we're learning man. them 17 weeks in, and we'll be learning them. Let's keep connecting know, the 25 dots. 25 weeks in, <laughs> and, and that's the beauty of it. And now the stories yeah. start to make a little more sense. That's so good, man. That's so good. Um, this is fantastic. I hope you guys are truly, truly enjoying uh, everything that is being spoken here. Um, I'm taking bit by bit on it. It's it's super super good, but uh, th that's this is episode seventeen. We hope you were blessed by it. Once again, um, we would love if you got any comments, questions, anything. Uh, please DM us on Instagram, Post Sunday Podcast. Send us what you know. If it, there's anything that you are just struggling with, battling with uh, questions, we're we're here to help you guys out and continue this conversation with you guys. But once again, just to remind you guys, we got our YouTube contest. Don't forget. Don't forget about that. Go to YouTube.com backslash post Sunday podcast. Comment, like, subscribe. That's all you got to do. And winner will be announced the week of uh, May 8th. And we're going to have give a $50 gift card, Amazon gift card to the winner. So uh, we definitely want you guys to, to be a part of it and contribute and uh, participate with us. But once again, man, super thankful. You can find all of this resource also to uh, at GenesisChurchOrlando.com backslash the never ending story. You'll be able to find a lot of content that we're putting out there for you guys to follow along with us in this year long series. Uh, but once again, super, super thankful for you guys. We hope that you uh, have an incredible week and we'll see you back here next week. Grace and peace. Thanks for listening to the Post Sunday Podcast, presented by Genesis Church. A place to go further, discover more, and to learn things you possibly never have. Be sure to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube 
at Genesis Church Orlando and at Post Sunday Podcast. Till next time, grace and peace to all of you.